Join us now for Health for Life, brought to you by Hamilton Healthcare System. Today, we're talking with Dr. Chin Jong of People's Cancer Institute at Hamilton Medical Center in Dalton. Thank you so much for joining us again today, Dr. Jong. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. It is great to see you again. Have you been doing well? I've been doing great. Well, good. I'm so glad you're on the show today. <laughs> Dr. John is a board-certified medical oncologist at People's Cancer Institute. Dr. Jong specializes in adult cancer and hematology disorders. She completed her internship and residency at the University of Alabama at Birmingham and her medical oncology hematology fellowship at the University of Chicago Hospitals. Dr. John, thank you for coming back on Health for Life. Dr. John, today we're going to be talking about chemotherapy and immunotherapy. What is the difference between chemotherapy and immunotherapy? There are so many differences between the two. The main difference is that chemotherapy acts on all of the cells in your body. Immunotherapy acts on targeted cells. It sounds to me like just with the names immunotherapy and chemotherapy, immunotherapy would have something to do with your immune system. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. So immunotherapy's primary mode of mechanism mm -hmm. is that it stimulates your immune system to be more active against tumor cells. Chemotherapy we've used for decades and decades. Mm -hmm. And the issue with chemo many times is that it affects both good and bad cells. But that's how it's effective, ironically, because it affects these cells to an extent where it can kill off the cancer cells. I see. So immunotherapy is it's, it's maybe a little more pinpointed? That's right. So immunotherapy doesn't actively destroy cancer cells. What it does is it allows your immune system to be unblinded to cancer cells that may be trying to sneak past its defenses. Mm -hmm. And it causes the immune system to sit up and say, wait a minute, these are cancer cells. We're going to, we know we have to go on the attack here. So that's what the mechanism essentially is. You know, what a great way to explain that. Because I can see this happening in my mind, These, yeah. you know, the, your immune system going after the cancer cells. Well, right. that's great. Uh, we got a whole lot of inter interesting things to talk about. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about chemotherapy. We'll be right back on Health for Life. Join us on a journey to better health. Health for Life. Simply put, that is why Hamilton Medical Center is here. From primary care and specialty care practices near you, an accredited chest pain center, a certified joint replacement program, a new children's institute, cancer institute, endoscopy center, and more. Hamilton is here for you and your family. Learn more at HamiltonHealth.com. Hamilton Health Care System. Health for Life. Welcome back to Health for Life. Today we're talking with Dr. Jong of People's Cancer Institute at the Hamilton Medical Center. Today, talking about chemotherapy and immunotherapy. Let's start with chemotherapy. We've all heard about chemotherapy, but what exactly is chemotherapy? Chemotherapy has been used, like I was saying before, for decades and decades. Mm -hmm. My goal today is to make sure that people don't become fearful of chemotherapy when in the setting that immunotherapy is offered. So chemotherapy in this day and age has been individualized as well, just like immunotherapy has become individualized. Its toxicity or side effects is less, and we give it 
based on the patient's what we call body habitus or um, how much they weigh. Right. So in that sense, it's very much individualized. Individualized for the patient. For the patient. Yeah, that's very important. And people yes. need to understand that because right. it, I, like a lot of people, came into this interview thinking that it was not that way. No, absolutely. It's it's um, individualized from a dosing perspective, from a drug choice perspective, from a, a side effect management perspective. So people, I think, tend to think that chemotherapy is worse or not as good as immunotherapy, but that's just not the case. Well, good. I'm glad to know that. And uh, medicine has come a long way when it comes to chemotherapy just in the last few years. Oh, absolutely. When I sit down with my patients and we talk about chemo, the initial response obviously is fear. And my second statement to them is, we don't expect you to be bed bound. It's not what you imagine, you know, that's that's shown in the movies on, on TV series. We expect you to be fully functional. The primary side effect usually is fatigue. If you're vomiting or having really bad symptoms, you need to let us know because we can do something about that. Very good. Very good. Because I think a lot of people are afraid of that. Oh, absolutely. Very good. Uh, now, does chemotherapy, does it does it cure cancer? That's a very important question because the answer is complex. Chemotherapy has three functions. It's the most common function when it's used is to prevent the recurrence of cancer. Mm -hmm. Secondly, it's to give to decrease any risk to surgery. And lastly, it's given to patients with stage four disease to what we call palliate their cancer. Now, what does that mean, palliate their cancer? When a patient has stage four disease, back in the day, it usually means that a patient has a very short time to live. However, we have patients who live for years and years, as long as they receive some type of systemic therapy like chemotherapy that would keep their tumor at bay, that would prevent their cancer from spreading or growing larger. And if we can achieve that, that patient can theoretically, and we've seen it, live for years and years. And it just depends on the type of cancer and how they respond to that treatment. Well, I have heard this before, and that's why I wanted to get into the palliative, because uh, I had heard about that, and it's great to know that that is available to us right here. Oh, absolutely. We follow NCCN guidelines. We offer the newest therapy per ASCO and recent publications. So, um, and we even offer clinical trials here. Oh, really? Is that right? Are there different kinds of chemotherapy drugs available? I would say that there's it's there's so many chemotherapy drugs, but the most recent regimens are very well known. People tend to think that we just come up with the regimen, but the fact is all board-certified medical oncologists follow a set of guidelines that's published by NCCN. So the regimens are very strict and they're very individualized based on that person's weight and their organ function. I see. Now, sometimes will you give chemotherapy before an operation? Yes. So we frequently give chemotherapy before a surgery. We frequently give it after a surgery, Mm -hmm. and we frequently give it during radiation with the radiation to be able to sensitize that patient's tumor to the radiation. 
Dr. Jung, how do you decide how often someone will receive chemotherapy during their cancer treatment? You know, that is such a good question because earlier I referred to a set of guidelines. Mm -hmm. But as we all know, people respond differently to chemo where one person can tolerate you know, a regimen once every three weeks and the other person haven't, hasn't yet recovered yet in three weeks. So this is where the art of medicine comes in. Um, we can follow the guidelines and say from the very beginning that this is what we expect. But frequently, you know, we see the patient the week before they're due their next dose and we say, look, you need another week to rest. So that's important for the patient to understand. We work with them. It's not a regimen where we say you have to have it or else. It's, you know, we listen to your body and if you're not recovered, that doesn't mean that you're failing the treatment. That just means that your body's declaring to us that it needs more time to recover and it's gotten more chemo than it needs right now. So we just need to hold off. Well, you know, everybody's different. Absolutely. Everyone is different. And some people, I'm sure, can tolerate some things and other people need a little more time. You would be amazed. I mean, you can we can have a 70-year-old little frail woman coming in, bouncing right back in two weeks, and then a 30-year-old man who still needs a little bit of time. And it's, it's not a reflection of what they're doing. It's just how their body processes these chemicals. I understand because at a lot of these guys with arms the size of tree trunks, you would think that, you know, they're just going to be able to just go right through it. And sometimes it's different and exactly. it's tough. Yeah. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to get into the science of exactly how chemotherapy drugs work. We'll be right back on Health for Life. If you're in need of medical care, don't delay. Your health won't wait. Hamilton Medical Center is ready to care for you. We are following CDC guidelines. Patients and guests are screened for COVID-19 symptoms. Those who are suspected to have the virus are treated in a separate area. Plus, Hamilton's high-powered UV light robots eliminate 99.9% of bacteria and viruses on surfaces. Please do not delay medical care. Your health won't wait. As always, Hamilton is here for you. Welcome back to Health for Life. Today, we're talking with Dr. Jong of People's Cancer Institute at Hamilton Medical Center. Dr. John, how exactly do chemotherapy drugs work to fight cancer? In general, chemotherapy drugs affect all the cells in the body by stopping them from replicating. So that's important to know because that's where the side effects happen. So cancer cells are usually the cells that divide the fastest in your body. But the other cells like hair follicles and the cells in your gut are also cells that divide fast in your body as well, which is why the most common side effects of chemotherapy is hair loss, diarrhea, and why it could affect your bone marrow function. Why do you think cancer cells work so fast? Yeah. So, uh, Or is that a mystery? So that actually is the reason for why they're cancer cells. So all cells, all cancer cells used to be normal at one point. What happens is that for whatever reason, be it genetics or environment, they acquire a mutation. And that mutation allows them to divide at a fast rate and without any respect for the body's control, meaning that it divides despite the body telling them to stop. So that, by definition, becomes a tumor or a cancer cell. Um, I tell all my patients, I say, you know what? People get cancer. I mean, if they live long enough, they get cancer because at some point your body won't be able to recognize 
these cells or prevent them from replicating. That's why men get prostate cancer when they get older, because that organ replicates, you know, grows. And that's why women tend to get breast cancer when they get older. So it's all about surveillance at the end of the day. And that's why you lose your hair. So, right. When you get chemotherapy, that's why hair loss is a common side effect. Let me ask you this. Are all chemotherapy drugs given through infusion? Is that how you do that? That also is a great question, because I would say a substantial number of drugs that used to be given IV has now been converted to oral. In addition, there's... Like a pill? Like a pill, exactly. In addition, there's new drugs that's been formed to be given only orally. Treatment, when we say chemotherapy, is now not limited only to IV. On the flip side, side effects are actually better tolerated with IV drugs as opposed to oral. The benefit with oral is that it may save a patient the time it takes to come and see that physician or come into that facility for the, you know, many hours of IV infusion. So there's pros and cons to both. To both. These are great things to learn about. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about immunotherapy. That is next on Health for Life. Join us on a journey to better health. Health for life. Simply put, that is why Hamilton Medical Center is here. From primary care and specialty care practices near you, an accredited chest pain center, a certified joint replacement program, a new children's institute, cancer institute, endoscopy center, and more. Hamilton is here for you and your family. Learn more at HamiltonHealth.com. Hamilton Health Care System. Health for life. Welcome back to Health for Life. Today we're talking with Dr. Jong of People's Cancer Institute at Hamilton Medical Center. Dr. John, we've been talking about many different things. We're going to talk now about immunotherapy. We talked about chemotherapy. What about immunotherapy? Can you tell me what is immunotherapy? This discussion on immunotherapy could take hours because it's so complex. The fact is immunotherapy has been available for decades. The first immunotherapy was a monoclonal antibody that specifically targeted a protein on a cancer cell. More recently, the reason patients have become more aware is because there's been new drugs that affect the immune system in a different way. So these drugs are a class of drugs that, like we were saying earlier, unblinds your immune system and allows them to recognize tumor cells for what they are. Before introduction of these drugs, our immune system had essentially been fooled. What happens is a cancer cell or a tumor cell develops. These tumor cells are able to express these normal proteins on the surface of its cells saying that I'm a normal cell, right? Don't kill me. I'm a normal cell. Let me buy. And these immune system would see that one protein or the or a few proteins and say, oh, you're normal. Move on by. You know, you're friendly, basically. Yes. And what these new immunotherapy drugs do is it un- unblinds the immune system and say, wait a minute, that tumor cell may have a normal protein expressed, but there are these other abnormal proteins that you need to recognize. And when that happens, the immune system would say, wait a minute, you can't be in here. We figured you out. So then that's when they start that immune response like they should have been doing. So it tricks them. It has been tricking them. It has been tricking our immune system. But now the immunosystem is getting 
smart. Exactly, with the help of these amino therapies that we're introducing. And that's been around for decades. So this mechanism that I just described has been around only for a few years. Oh, so this this time. Right, okay. right. But the, in, in general, immunotherapy, where we've been using antibodies, that's been around for many, many years. So, but now this has to do with your immune, immune system itself. That's right. Everything relies on the ability of your immune system to mount a response. Well, now, how do you, how does our immune system and immunotherapy help fight against cancer? I mean, I understand what you just explained, but how, how does it help fight against cancer, you know, in the, the whole cancer? Yeah, that's a great point. So immunotherapy is like chemotherapy systemic. Usually it's given through the vein or intravenous. And when this happens, your immune system in general recognizes, hopefully, all the tumor cells that's floating around in your bloodstream. Mm -hmm. So it should start this activation of your immune system by causing what we call T-cells to infiltrate these tumor masses and breaks the tumor down and makes them smaller. That also explains why people experience side effects to immunotherapy. Again, I want to remind patients that chemotherapy is not, not necessarily less or less effective than immunotherapy, and immunotherapy is not necessarily easier on the body than chemotherapy. It just depends on that person. So the most common side effects of immunotherapy therapy is essentially your immune system acting up, which is what we're hoping for. So patients with an active rheumatoid arthritis, for example, or any kind of active immune condition may not want to be considered for immunotherapy. And that's why it's so important to have such individualized care with your medical oncologist. So there are side effects in both. I knew there was in chemotherapy. I did not know in immunotherapy. Oh, absolutely. So if patients have an underlying, for example, thyroid, immune thyroid condition or um, any kind of immune-mediated conditions that would cause them to be on immunosuppression, like steroids, the most common being rheumatoid arthritis and the elderly. Those are the patients who, number one, could experience worse side effects, and number two, may not be able to benefit from this immunotherapy as much because they're already on immunosuppression. I understand. Now, can they take immunotherapy or can they be on immunotherapy and chemotherapy? That's a great question because that is the next phase in oncology research is how do we give this combination therapy without increasing the side effects or toxicity and still improving the efficacy of this treatment? That depends on the tumor's ability to respond to the immunotherapy mm -hmm. and yet handle the side effects of the chemotherapy. So that is definitely what's going on right now in phase two and three trials. So they're working on that right now. Oh, absolutely. And we also give it. There are certain tumor types that we offer it now. So for example, t uh, lung cancer. You know, back in the day, lung cancer treatment seemed so limited and bleak. But now the focus is all about combination chemotherapy with immunotherapy. There's a select group of patients who don't require chemotherapy because the tumor has, you know, by genetic and molecular analysis, we can find out if they will respond to what we call single agent immunotherapy. If they do, then we just give that single drug, you know, the immunotherapy. But that's the minority of patients. The majority of patients, for example, with lung cancer, don't have the ability to respond to 
the immunotherapy alone. It needs a little help. So in those patients, we offer combination chemotherapy with immunotherapy, and they tolerate it very well. Oh, they do? They do. Dr. Zhang, are there different types of immunotherapy? Yes. You know, there's so many different pharmaceutical companies right now in the race to make the best and most popular immunotherapy. But the fortunate thing is that for patients, that's a win-win because we have different types of immunotherapy. Now, they many of them work very similarly. There's a class of immunotherapy called checkpoint inhibitors, and that's what I was just describing, where they are able to stimulate the immune system to recognize the tumor cells. There are also older classes of immunotherapy that we were just talking about, like monoclonal antibodies. There are also vaccines that we can offer that would fall under the class of immunotherapies as well, particularly for treatment of prostate cancer. So definitely different types of immunotherapy. Have these been around for a long time? Most of them have, which is why it's so important for people to understand because I can't tell you the number of times that a patient comes into the office and say, listen, I'm not interested in that old stuff. I just want the new immunotherapy. And the response is, Many times the old stuff is just as effective or more effective, like for chemotherapy, than immunotherapy. And immunotherapy is actually not new. It's been around for a long time. What's new about it is this new data for the checkpoint inhibitors. Those are relatively new. So that's what's driving the field and interest of immunotherapy, which is very fortunate and beneficial for the patients. Well, a doctor like you who works not only with immunotherapy, but also chemotherapy, that is great because that... As we said at the very beginning of this interview, everybody's different. Right. So all of these drugs have been approved by the FDA through what we call phase one, two, and eventually phase three trials. When we give it off trial to the patient in a clinical setting, we know exactly what we want to do. It's um, meaning for chemotherapy, we dose it specifically to your weight and to your organ function. So if you have issues with kidneys or liver, we take that into account. For immunotherapy, we dose it as well according to how often you're getting it. But more importantly, what we've been doing is we take your tumor that's already been either removed or biopsied and we send it to a lab and we ask them to tell us how likely this tumor is going to be responsive to the immunotherapy. So we do take it down to a molecular and genetic level because we need to know from the very beginning if we need to give you this immunotherapy by itself or if we need to combine it with the chemotherapy to make it more effective. You did mention just a moment ago, you were talking about liver function, kidney function. Is that determined by a blood test? Oh, absolutely. So during the first visit, we always get what we call baseline labs and we check everything basically. So we check your blood levels, including your white blood cell count, your red cell count, your platelets. We check your comprehensive panel, which includes your liver function, your kidney function, all your electrolytes. And these are all taken into account in terms of giving any kind of systemic drugs. How is immunotherapy given? Most immunotherapies are given intravenously or through a vein. Unlike chemotherapy, it doesn't have to be given through a central catheter. So, for example, if you have a good vein on your arm, we can just put a needle in and give it to you that way. 
there tends to not be any strong reaction um, at the insertion site. There are certain immunotherapies that can be given topically or on the skin, but from a standpoint of cancer, that's not frequently given. That's more for skin cancers or small, you know, dermatological issues. Now, what about orally? Orally, not so much. Now, there's another group of therapy that we've not mentioned today, and those are targeted biologics, and that kind of throws another component to the management of chemo. So targeted biologics are oral therapies. They're not under, they wouldn't fall under the realm of immunotherapy because they don't, the mechanism is not that it it stimulates your immune system. The mechanism is that it targets a specific enzyme or protein that's specific to your tumor. So those type of drugs are given usually orally. Um, For example, TKIs are tyrosine kinase inhibitors, and that's been approved by the FDA for many types of cancers. Very interesting. Thank you so much for sharing all of this great information. Can you tell us a little bit about People's Cancer Institute before you leave? I'd just like to start off by saying that it's, it's just such a beautiful and wonderful place to work. It's a very effective, comprehensive center where physicians work very well together, both on a personal level as well as a logistical standpoint because we all share the same computer systems. But in general, it's a it's a medical facility that's located here in Dalton, Georgia. And what's unique about us is that we're able to offer a comprehensive range of both diagnostic and therapeutic services to all of our patients under one roof. And that's just so important to have from a patient standpoint. Sounds like a great place. Yes, absolutely. People's Cancer Institute. That's wonderful. We are so blessed to have People's Cancer Institute in our community. For more information or an appointment at People's Cancer Institute, call 844-PCI-HOPE. That's 844-PCI-HOPE to make an appointment for a 3D mammogram at People's Cancer Institute or a low-dose CT scan at Hamilton Diagnostic Center. Call 706-272-6565 to make an appointment for a colonoscopy at Bandy Endoscopy Center at Hamilton Medical Center. Phone 706-272-4127. And to learn more about People's Cancer Institute, visit hamiltonhealth.com cancer. This program in no way seeks to diagnose or treat illness or to replace professional medical care. Please see your health care provider if you have a health problem. Thank you for listening to Health for Life, a presentation of Hamilton Healthcare System. 